0: To another set of fools daily. Um, Australia are still all out. England still haven't batted. Uh, I'm still with Matt, and we're still talking games workshop big box games from the 1990s. The olden days. Yeah, I didn't realise that Mordheim was 1999. It only just made it in by a nats chuff. Yeah, and we missed out on Warhammer Quest. Yeah, we did. I'd forgotten all about it. In fairness because it goes for stupid money on ebay yeah um but today we are going to talk about a most excellent game certainly my favorite of
1: the ones that we've spoken of one that, thus has, far. One
0: that has had multiple editions and has had ongoing support and still has a thriving community that we know <laughs> and have played in yeah uh Today we're going to talk about Epic, <laughs> um, which encompasses a lot of things.
1: Yes, it's it's quite broad now from where it started, and an interesting cyclic development.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm just going. I'm just br- going to bring up a, an article. There we go. Um. So, epic. <sighs> Where to start? Late 80s. I want to say late 80s. It might have been early 90s. No, oh, um, I don't know. Ah, there we go. Late 80s. Perfect. I oh, found the relevant thing to give me the date. So, 1988. I am. I am but a youth. I'm 18 years old.
1: My Um, brother makes me
0: 16. Yeah, my brother and his mate Chris are 15 years old. I'm still at school. That's how long ago this is. The war Um, has just finished.
1: Rationing (laughs) is in place across broad swathes of probably northern England because, you know, it's grim.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) Games Workshop come out with a game called Adeptus Titanicus. Now, you've got to remember, this is only a year after 40K was released. Rogue yep. Trader. Rogue Trader came out in 1987. Um, so in 1988, a big bots game came out called Adeptus Titanicus, with, which introduced Titan versus Titan combat. Yeah. In um, the 40K universe. In the age of the Horus Heresy.
1: Giant stompy
0: robot. Yeah. That weren't death. actually that giant. <laughs> um but Well quite large well they're not that big to be honest relatively so uh, uh, the infamous beetleback titan yes uh came out a game of titan t- you know you had your titans your opponent had his titans and you shot each other yep. um some Polystyrene buildings were in it. Eight I think I want to say eight Titans were in the box.
1: Yeah, I think it was eight or was it six? Anyway, some and
0: Titans. So uh, Titans came out and um interchangeable weapons. Yeah, you could put a macro cannon or a plasma destruction. Stuff that is still in forty K law now. Yes. Was invented in this period. And this is this time period is very much where the authors seemingly had carte blanche to do whatever they wanted. And so they were just making, they just seemed to be making stuff up as they went along. But it has since been codified and ratified into what was. I read a very, th- I saw a very interesting tweet the other day. Um In the rogue, uh, this is a slight digression. In the original rogue trader um book, mm-hmm. there is a double page spread of space marine color schemes. Nice. Um, <laughs> which I always thought had been planned out properly. You know, there's, it's where things like the White Scars and um, the Raptors and those sorts of chapters, those named chapters, first mm-hmm. are codified. They're in this double thing. <laughs> yes. There were some
1: <laughs> strange ones in there,
0: though. Yeah. But things like the Lamenters, who later on were written out of the history, and people, as far as I know, still don't actually know what happened to them. I think they got eaten by yeah. a hive fleet, but yeah, so, the Rainbow Warriors, yeah, right. So it turns out um, the joys the joys of Twitter are that there are artists that um, I have been a fan of for my whole of my gaming life, who I now follow on Twitter and who correspond back to you. So one of those people is Gary Chalk, mm-hmm. um, who Lone Wolf. If that means anything to anyone. So, Gary Chalk tweeted about this particular picture the other day that he had to do it all at the last minute and he had to hand draw everything because there wasn't a template. And because John Blanche hadn't told him that he had to do it, he had like a day to do it and he just made them all up. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> he just painted what he wanted and that was it.
1: <laughs> and there's been entire people's hobbies based upon.
0: That, that color scheme that he just that went. Oh, I scheme. shall do that. Yeah. <laughs> All because he, as was typical then, he just got to. Oh, I need this picture. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> Excellent. So, okay, slide aside. Um, so yeah, so Adeptus Titanic came out. Um, and then GW also did what they did at that time is because everything was to sell miniatures, and to be fair, still is to sell miniatures. Yeah. Um extra rules would come out in White Dwarf. And the first thing that came out were rules for Land Raiders. Yeah. You could have tanks versus... And unfortunately, also because it was Games Workshop in the late late 80s, um, Land Raiders were horrendously overpowered versus tanks, and so you would just surround a Titan with your Land Raiders, shoot the Titan, the Titan would be dead, and then you'd move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, So if you didn't have Land Raiders, you didn't stand a chance. And then they made little metal infantry. Six mil space marines that came on a yep. sprue. And pr- legend has it that they were just made as a throwaway. But it proved oh, so I... popular mm. that they made a game using them called Space Marine. Yes. Um, which went on and... <laughs> They had knights, and again, all of this stuff is coming out through in White Dwarf. And then they came to the big box game, and they produced another ge- another game called Space Marine. So different big box game, also called Space Marine, and they also produced Titan Legions. Titan Legions came out later. And yeah. this is really the first version that I played a lot, um, where you had space, where you had your armies, and there were various forces. So there was um, Orc and Squat Warlords. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one? I'm trying to see without my glasses. Hive War.
1: Hive War, which had Tyranids or Gene Stealers and Elves. I wanted to say.
0: And then renegades i think is the chaos one i can't see it yeah. but it's behind another box and so you, this is what they introduced this idea of force organization cards and so you would organize your forces with these force organization cards and it would say 600 points for a you know an orc war band and you would tell you yeah. how many stands of infantry you had to have and you could attach cards and there's a whole load of rules for making things up and gameplay was very interesting because basically you gave all your troops orders Yes. You would hi- have hidden order counters that you gave all of your troops, and um, then you would flip over your orders, and you would play, and you would press, and I have, I played many a time in um, Oxford Games Workshop against uh, a guy called Gavin, who was one of the guys who worked there. He had a chaos army, I had orcs, um, and many a time my war would go across the orcs, and we'd you know, mass combats and titans. it mm-hmm. was brilliant. Absolutely superb. Probably the first fully painted army I ever had was an epic orc army. Yeah,
1: probably for me as well, actually. I had an epic Eldar army, and that may well have been the first fully
0: painted kind of army I had. Um and it was it was awesome and had orcs and the whole ideas of gargants and stompers and all of that all of that stuff that's ingrained in forty K lore all yep. came from the all came from this. Yeah. Um and it was huge. It was massive. But there were more and more and more and more models and they because of the complexity of the models and the stats that you had, it was becoming more and more outlandish with what you had from figures.
1: And so Jervis oh god, I remember the, the dwarf giant
0: cannon things. Oh the Goliath mega cannons. Yeah, they were ridiculous. Yeah, they could put down quite a lot of barrage templates <laughs> before you even got anywhere near them. If you were yeah.
1: playing against a squat army, you kind of you took sixty percent losses in your first turn at the baseline, and then had to run as quickly as possible yeah. to get well, in I close.
0: Used, I used to, um, I used to take two gargants, and I would rely. I, I knew that one would get taken off by um, a death strike missile. Yeah, um, and then the other one would make it. <laughs> It was brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And then in 97, I only know the date because I've looked it up, um, Epic 40,000 came along, which was a radical departure um, from the previous edition. Yeah. Massively simplified rules. And simplified as in less complex but also simplified in terms of what things were. So it was written by Jervis Johnson and Andy Chambers, and they made the the decision that at the scales that they were talking about, there was very little difference between a bolter and a stubber. Yeah. Up until that point, there had been different. In in 2nd edition, there were differences. Up until that point. Then, there weren't. And it used this idea of firepower tables. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was so radically different that certainly amongst the people I played with, it was a complete and utter disaster.
1: Yeah, I think that's true generally amongst most gaming groups that have been playing Epic up until that point. There was a, almost a kind of, what the hell is this, this is not what we play, Yeah, it, um, it, kind of attitude to it.
0: It was a soggy fart in a paper bag. And it was... It was dire. It was <clears> not <throat> what we were used to. And it was it was such a radical um, reimagining. Um I suppose it was how if you were heavily invested in fantasy battle and it went to Age of Sigma. Yeah. It was that but actually it was probably more of a seismic shift. Because everything that you'd built to that point suddenly got turned around and no. turned upside down. Yeah. And so it just sort of disappeared um i played one game of it and i went I sh- why and i played a few yeah. more games of um second edition mhm and then life intervened because i was moving i was um moving countries so i sold all of my epic yeah to to a guy that i that was living in oxford he was a student i don't remember his name i sold everything to him um mhm for next to no money, because I thought Epic, never going to use it again. Epic forty k is awful. Never going to use it again. Yeah. And then when I was living in the, living in America, Conrad and I got involved in the Epic Armageddon project mm-hmm. um, because we were doing playtesting for Games Workshop at the time. Um, Conrad and Jervis were good friends at this point. And so we got involved in doing Epic Armageddon, which is the rule set that came out and then Specialist Games folded. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But is the rule set that is still played today?
1: Yep. Um, And certainly I think probably the, the best evolution of combining infantry and vehicles and titans and super heavies and all of those things while still maintaining a level of balance so that not one of those things um is unplayable against the next so you know if you've got infantry you can still take down the titan yes it's hard work but you can you know that lucky las cannon shot or missile launcher um so it's it's a proper and again coming from a from my beardy background with historical stuff it's a proper combined arms rule set that allows all aspects of that uh, that are in play you know artillery support aircraft tanks infantry um, none of which work brilliantly on their own but if you can if you can use them together well
0: then you will win your game yes it's a it's a Excellent rule set. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It works works exceptionally well. Um, It's, it's, as you say, it is a very, very good combined. And it took some of the ideas that they were trying to get through in Epic 40K, Mm -hmm. in the fact that everything is simplified down, so...
1: Yeah, small arms is small arms, yeah, whether it's a gun so or a the concept balsa.
0: Of it, the con- there is a concept within it of the firefight. And it's very pushed forward that the con- the idea of the firefight is actually a game of 40k.
1: Yeah.
0: That's what happens at a 40k level, is you're having a firefight between the two things. So they've got that extrapolation out, is that, that weapons are more... I don't want to use the term macro, because that's a thing, but... You know, there's a, there's an overview of weapons and small arms, and orcs have three or four different weapon types, whereas at the 40K level, they have, you know, a million different things. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got a combi melter. I've got a combi plasma gun, bolter, grenade launcher. Mm. You know, they're combi weapons and power weapons and things. Yeah. But it still gives more of the detail, and more of the differentiation than Epic 40K did. Yeah. Um, So, you know, whilst the Orc vehicles, for example, were all merged into an Orc tank type, um, there are still separations in that, you know, the bone grinders and the giblet grinders and stuff are different. Yeah. It's just, there's Orc tanks and... Because previously, in 2nd edition, a gob smasher was different from... A Lung Burster. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so now it's all... And again, as we talked about with Blood Bowl, the community has supported it. So in the UK, it was massively supported. Um, a guy called Matt... Uh, not this Matt, a different Matt. No. Um, was very instrumental in keeping it going. Um mm-hmm. Our friend Dave Bartley has been very imp- yep. instrumental in keeping it going. And there is a thriving UK scene, um, you know, 16, 20, 25, 30 players go around various events. There's eight events, I want to say, a year.
1: I can't remember it's eight or ten in their kind of GT season.
0: Um,
1: and that who play and that. Uh, and internationally, you know, there is a, there's a big French community for it. There are variations. There's um, Net Epic, and there's the French Epic Armageddon. and yeah, There's so a I lot think, of Americans.
0: Net, Net Epic, Net Epic is closer to second edition. Yes. Because yeah. it uses four-sword cards and stuff. I, yeah. think that's, I think those are the differences between Net Epic yeah. and Epic yeah. A.
1: And then um, from a recent history point of view. Obviously the game sort of lived on as a living rule book for a long time uh, and then in 2018 um, we had the return of going all the way back to the beginning of Adeptus Titanicus which was just about Titan on Titan combat. Yes. Um, arguably with Titans that scale appropriately I mean uh, there was a lot of stuff coming out at the time about oh they're 8 mil, they're 10 mil, they're too big um they're not designed to go with all my epic stuff. Yes, that's right. They're not designed to go with all your epic stuff, but arguably they are of a, appropriate scale um for the kind of the tanks and the models that we see anyway. Yep. Um but yes, standalone game, definitely more a Forged World game as opposed to the sort of the broader Games Workshop um umbrella. It's a grown up. And game. It, it, I was about to say exactly that. The price point and uh, the complexity of the game means it is a game. I think it's fair to say it's a game designed for those that probably played Adeptus Titanicus the first time around. Um, you know, gamers of that age and that disposable income.
0: Yeah, new
1: models. The new models are absolute. The Titan models are
0: absolutely. And lovely. the terrain's lovely as well. Yeah, it's,
1: um,
0: it's an unfortunate. For me, it's one of those games that unfortunately fell in last year's gaming hiatus. Yeah. In that I bought a copy, gave it to you, yes. and not actually played it. No, still sits on my shelf. Um, I
1: did open it and started assembling some of the models, but that's about as far as I got. Um,
0: but still very excited by it. Yes. Um, in, case, in case anyone who is involved in it is listening, or Gargants, that would get me there straight away. Please. Thank you just on the off chance yeah, good, good luck with that they've they've been sticklers so
1: think it's a pure heresy game and it, it won't feature alien races i know no, but
0: but i'm just surely str- that's I'm a just...
1: license to print money if they started replicating the forge world titans of the different races yeah i'm ju- I'm, I'm honestly
0: i'm just throwing it out there mate i you know i know I, who do we know that has that sort of thing <laughs>
1: I, I don't know anyone who has that level of influence that harassed us in Games Workshop in yeah, Warhammer World did, to start you know, recording again. we did
0: podcasts again. for him. Specifically for him. The least he could do was make me a gargant. You would have thought. <laughs> Small price to pay. Yeah. Um, but also, um, it, it supports, you know, supports a large, large industry of not epic models. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a massive um third party provider out there for
0: six six mil sci fi models. Six
1: mil sci fi models of a grim dark style. Yes. Some of which have stopped producing because they've had C and D's from Games Workshop.
0: Um yes, some of which are the, still the, out but there. But the ones the ones who are actually doing their own designs Um continue on their merry way because they're doing their own designs. Yeah. Um, And some of them are things of beauty. Oh, without doubt. Um, Um, There's some really nice stuff out there. Those orky dropships are lovely. Yes. Um, Now, go on.
1: I was just going to say, and then we've had an interesting development over the last week or so.
0: Yes, um, you've got very interested. Which
1: has got me very interested because um, Games Workshop have started teasing... Apocalypse, which for, for ages was there. We know you've got thousands of points of models and you want to put them all on the table at the same time. So when Apocalypse first came out, it was just really a variation of 40K that allowed you to field 10,000-point armies instead of 2,000-point armies. And it was all right, but God, the games um, were slow because it was a quadruple size game of 40K. Um, interestingly, in the last few weeks, they've started teasing new version of Apocalypse, which is still a 40K game using 40K models. However, without doubt, having looked at the teasers of the rules so far, has a heritage that sits in epic in the nature of the rules. No casualty removal, no individual model casualty removal. There's blast markers. Um, There is putting down counters for your orders so that you put down hidden orders and then flip them over to show what your models are going to do. Um, And I got quite excited for this because I have a couple of reasonably sized 40K armies. And they'd over the last sort of day or so, rereading those articles, thinking, oh, my God, these would be absolutely brilliant for Epic. Um, All of those people that wanted a new version of Epic, uh i have no doubt apocalypse is going to provide it for them um you just play in centimeters rather than inches and use your epic models and away you go so uh, goes up for pre-order as we record today on the 25th uh, this coming weekend because it's warhammer weekend so it's going up on pre-order um i'm definitely going to be buying it it looks quite interesting simple rules um and it looks like they've bought in um uh, a tactical type of command deck, so perhaps something that's part ported in from uh, Shade Spire or Underworlds to use the broader umbrella, uh, and also around the, the bits out of 40k that they've introduced in the last edition around command points that allow you to do certain special things um, themed around your army um, as you accumulate command points. So, uh, kind of takes all of those really difficult special rules that. Um, developed and, in effect, killed games like Necromunda that we've talked about and Mordheim, um, where you've got to such a level of rules bloat. Um, hopefully, this looks like it's going to solve that by, in effect, you're going to have them on a card deck that you construct a deck and then you can use them during the course of the game. So it's got me quite excited, not only for 40k, but um, for potentially for Epic as well, because it looks eminently scalable. You've already got a massive Orc army. Um, I've got some titans, so uh, you may be able to use your Gargants after oh, parents, all, yeah. um, but we'll be using them in Apocalypse instead.
0: Yeah, but then we might also buy 40k armies.
1: Uh, some of us already have quite a significant collection of knights that uh, appears to have grown exponentially over the last 12 months, um, and a, a number of Deathcourt Krieg models as well, which may also get added to as the year progresses. <laughs> Because, you know, why would I do a cheap army?
0: Yeah, whereas I, um, if I do it, I'm going to do Space Marines and I'm going to do Ultramarines. And I've, to be fair, I've had a hankering to do Ultramarines for a while. And uh, you've talked about painting Marines for quite a while. Yeah, um, because I can just spray in blue. <laughs> um, and uh, I have quite a lot of surplus epic stuff that I could sell to fund it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, ten Gargants. Yeah. Unbuilt. I'm yes, not, inclu- not including the ones that I actually use. <laughs> yes. And, of course, you're still desperately
1: in need of that Steam gargant that nobody's managed to find you yet. Yeah, I've
0: never, no, I know.
1: <sighs> the one missing jewel in that... It is the one tools. thing
0: that I am missing that they ever produced is um, the Steam Gargant. <sighs> and it never comes up on eBay because I have a permanent search set for it.
1: Yes, I've seen I've seen them come up on Facebook groups. I think twice in the last five years, but have gone for ridiculous
0: amounts of money. Yeah. Oh well. Um, so yes, so epic, so um epic armageddon awesome um and possibly armageddon 40k we may end up playing um there has been some talk about uh going to Warhammer World to play it yes um so it could be it could be it, it's shaping up from me a, a modelling point of view to be a games workshop span which would I make, think so. which makes sense really given that you know a lot of the the forces for the smaller games that we play mm-hmm. i've now completed and painted and everything so yeah i can see that happening. yes
1: well, it certainly seems that way when we're talking about necrobunder and age of sigmar and 40k and all blood bowl and all of that stuff yeah um it certainly is coming up gw It is. Is. Right, but don't fear, gentle listener. We'll still be playing lots of other things.
0: Well, we'll be talking about lots of other things and dreaming of playing about lots of we other things. We haven't played for ages.
1: Uh, you speak for yourself. I played Saga just the night before last.
0: All right, I haven't played for ages. You have yes. other. Fr- you have other friends. I only have. I have. I have one which, other friend. Oh, I only have you, which just shows how sad and lonely my life is. Yeah, and you say I'm the tragic one. No, you say you are the tragic one.
1: Everybody says I'm the tragic one
0: because you are the tragic one. Yeah,
1: but you've got me as your mate, whereas I've got you. So, ha ha, I win. Okay. Oh, Johnny Best has come out to bat for Crop. I say, oh. Johnny, get more than three today.
0: Uh, so on that, um, we can, we're going to go and cry while we watch the cricket of the afternoon. Yep. I don't even know if I can watch it. <laughs> I might paint
1: i'll I'll give it 10 overs um but it's got quite warm again and i'm sitting on a leather sofa so my ass crack is rather quite moist um so i think i should get up and do something
0: yeah pack pack up more figures yes right um so until next time i've been mike i've been matt we'll speak to you again soon
1: bye-bye
0: You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com.